Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Black House Podcast. I am your host, T-Jax World, here with my two co-hosts, K-Dat. Yes, sir. And Black Politech. Yeah. Now, we got some good topics for you all today. We're going to get into some pertinent things, non-pertinent things, some interesting stuff, and uh, we hope you all enjoy. So, first... Story up, the $15 minimum wage. Now, Black Politech knew early in the week that I was going to bring this up for discussion because uh, it's ridiculous. And and, 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 and there's, there, there's a lot of things going on here that I don't like and that a lot of people shouldn't shouldn't like. So what we're talking about specifically is the stimulus bill that was voted on by the Senate today. I believe it was today or maybe it was last night. Um, that Senate bill, uh, the stimulus relief bill, will not include the $15 minimum wage, which was brought up as an amendment uh, by Bernie Sanders. And the Democrats who voted against the $15 minimum wage amendment being put into the bill are as follows Arizona Senator Kirsten Cinema, Delaware Senator Tom Carper, uh, the other Delaware Senator Chris Coons, <clears throat> West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin, Montana Senator John Tester, New Hampshire Senator uh, Gene Shaheen, uh, New ha- the other New Hampshire Senator Maggie Hassan, and the Maine Senator Angus King. These are the eight Democrats who said that they will not vote for a $15 minimum wage amendment to go into the stimulus bill. And thus the $15 minimum wage was defeated. So I like, and I hate this at the same time. I hate this obviously because we have to wait longer for a, you know, a federally mandated $15 minimum wage. I like this because now we know who the opponents are. Yeah. <laughs> now we know who was behind the scenes saying, oh, I'm not voting for $15. Now we don't have anybody hiding anymore. We don't have us just saying, well, there are some Democrats who don't support the. F-. Who are they? Well, we know who they are. We got them right here on the record. Right. So these eight Democrats do not support a $15 minimum wage. And that doesn't excuse, you know, the 49 uh, or 50 rather Republicans who don't support it either. So they're all in the same boat. So this isn't you know a partisan thing. These are all people who don't support Medicare or rather $15 minimum wage. And now we know who to fight. Now we know who we have to get up out of Congress or uh, I don't know if you can, you know, pressure them and push them and change their minds or whatever. Um, but I do find this to be probably the largest blow to Democrats that they've received since the Biden administration has started, because now what was the campaign promise from damn near every Democrat for the entire race? Fifteen dollar minimum wage, guys. Fifteen dollar. It is it is a crime. What Kamala Harris said, it's unconscionable. And Kirsten Cinema, one of the people who voted against the fifteen dollar minimum wage amendment because she didn't think it should go through reconciliation, also said it is unconscionable that someone can be paid below the poverty level to work 40 hours a week, 80 hours a pay period, full time, 
and not make enough to stay above the poverty level. The poverty level. They both said it was unconscionable. And yet, here we have eight Democrats voting against it. So what does this show? This shows, at least to people who may have voted for the Democrats for the first time this, you know, this time, this go around, or people who were apprehensive before about voting for Democrats, all it shows is, oh, they were lying. Of course they were lying when they say that they would pass a $15 minimum wage. Of course they weren't telling the truth. Because how could they be telling the truth when you have right there, they said, hey, you put Democrats in office, you get a Democrat Senate, get a Democrat House, you're going to get $15 minimum wage. Well, you lied because we're not getting it. Eight of you don't agree with that. And you told me that if I voted for you, that's what I would get. So now here we are in a stage where, one, we know who the enemy is, or not necessarily the enemy, but the opponent is. And two, we know that the now, for a lot of people, they're going to be like, well, I can't trust whatever the Democrats say during the, never, the next election cycle. At least I can trust the Republicans to be as racist as they say they're going to be <laughs> uh, or, 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 or as uh, ignorant of the rules as they say they're going to be. But I can't even trust the Democrats to do what they say. The typical, mm-hmm. in this case, caricature of a politician. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's typical. I mean, to me, like, the more telling thing is not that, like, oh, there's Democrats who, you know, didn't support it. It's like how easily the entire Democratic Party just let it rock. It's like, what happened to, to all that energy? Because when it comes to progressives, hold them accountable. They'll be like, they'll be like oh, word? Y'all ain't going to vote for that? We're going to do news interviews talking about how y'all ain't going to vote on that. We're going to talk about how, how when y'all get primaried, we're not going to support you. How we're going to blackball you from all of our vendors when you're running your campaigns. How we won't give you any donations during your primary. Like, if it was, and when it comes to progressives, oh, they unified. It's how dare you go against go against the, what the party has decided, and you telling me they just folded for like eight eight random random people, eight random Democrats, right? Really? And and, and really? Let's, let's understand the stimulus bill that came into the Senate was the stimulus bill that Democrats in the House wanted, so it wasn't yeah. like a Republican bill. Yeah, I it was mean, a Democratic bill. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just like y'all really folded like that for eight. For eight, if it was that, if y'all was falling for eight every time, progressives would have everything we wanted. We'd have everything we wanted. If, if, if it only took like eight, that little small little number to to have you fold, we could we could conjure up eight eight progressives right now and have them have them hold on every single bill and, and get our way. But it's like, well, I would say one though. Honestly, our progressives ain't really with that type of static, even though they should be sometimes. Yeah. But I'm like, even if they were, to be honest, I don't think they'd fold this easy. I feel like I mean, they, they literally. And, I don't think so, and the only reason I don't think so is because, like, I don't like I don't think this fifteen dollar minimum wage thing was really uh, something they were really steadfast on. I would say I don't think it's something that they really, really was trying to get through. Because again, like you said, even one of the women who was like, "Oh, it was unconscionable," did it. I turned around and said, "I won't, I won't, I won't accept it." If it's a part of the one point nine trillion dollar pandemic relief bill, it's like if you was actually about this, would it, that wouldn't even make any sense. If you actually, if you were actually committed to this, in the same way, it, they were supposedly act, 
actually committed to $2,000 stimulus checks first week, the same way they were quote unquote first week, $2,000 <laughs> stimulus checks. And they knew they was lying and they, they knew they were saying it in a way they didn't intend for it to actually be, but did it anyway. And then try to act like, oh, y'all should have known that I know people took it exactly as you wanted them to take it. A singular check for $2,000 the first week of your presidency, as you literally said word for word in your advertisements. So I think it's just a continuation of they didn't actually want it to, want it to happen. Because when, when it comes to progressive stuff, they shut that down with a quickness. I mean, they slander Whoever's arguing for it, they slander in every type of way, do every type of blackballing, all that stuff. But when it's this, it's like, oh, yeah, it's out of our hands, y'all. It's out of our hands. Nothing we can do. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I feel how it's interesting that we like we're often talking about how you know Democrats are making adjustments to a bill to appease to the Republicans, but now we can't say that no more. Honestly, we never we never could absolutely <laughs> say that, to be honest. I mean, making yeah, it... it would, yeah. I see where I see. Yeah, no, I see both of y'all points. Because, you know, before we didn't know if they were adjusting it because they wanted to adjust it and they were just using Republicans as cover. But also we know now that they're definitely not adjusting it because of Republicans. Right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And just, it... it you talked about, you know, earlier black politic, um, you know, the, uh, progressives not having that type of power in this situation. They actually do have a lot of power because the COVID relief bill is a must pass bill. It has no to facts. go through. I, you, so you, I, I agree. Not go through. I agree. I agree that they they like they do in terms of like. Can, and that's why I said, like, honestly, if it was that simple, progressives could have we could have been getting progressive things in there. If our progressives were committed to actually being like, all right, we're not going, we're not, we're not going to vote for it. But the reason I say it wouldn't go as easily as it did um, with with the people uh, who didn't want to include the um, like Joe Manchin and all them who didn't want to include the fifteen dollars minimum wage in the bill is that I don't think the party actually wanted that in there as much as they say. Now, now if that if this same conversation was about us including. Medicare for all in there. They wasn't folding in no week. They, they was not. They was not folding in no week. It didn't matter what it was. But I, <laughs> I, I say though that I think if progressive were, you know, slightly more assertive, they could yeah. make the moderates fold on this particular issue and get the fifteen dollars. Because the thing is, I agree. with the, with I the agree. House bill, with the House, because they're about to send it back to the House, right? Because we were already out of chances in the Senate. But with the House bill. You only need six Democrats to vote no, and the bill fails. And we have 10 mm-hmm. progressives in the House. So theoretically, they could go, oh, wait, we sent you guys a Democratic bill, and you sent us back something without something we put in it? No, we're not voting for it. And then yeah. now we got to go back to the negotiating table mm-hmm. and get that back in there, and then we send it back to the Senate. Okay, now let's say that happens. It goes back to the Senate. Well, now they say, well, we're going to strip it out again, mm-hmm. right? And so... Then as a senator, we got progressive senators in Congress. We got Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. I forget the guy's name from uh, Connecticut. I think it's Connecticut. Um, Any one senator can block the COVID bill. Any one Democratic senator can block the COVID bill. So, and I was talking earlier today, and I was like, Bernie Sanders is 79 years old. 
He's got maybe one more term in him, and that's being generous. Mm-hmm. He's got, again, being generous, he's got 15 more years of life, you know, yeah, provided he gets the best, the best education, <laughs> right? So, or the best med- med- uh, medical care, right? Now is the time to stop trying to be polite. Now is the time to make enemies because you ain't got that much time left in Congress, let alone on this planet. If you're going to fight hard, now it's time to fight hard. So, you know, earlier he's, you know, wanted to keep with his colleagues or whatever. Um, But now they're saying they're not going to vote for, you know, the $15. You go, well, okay, if they vote no, I vote no. Exactly. That's what you say. Fuck them. If they vote yes, (laughs) I vote yes. True. Like, like, like for Bernie, I I feel like for somebody like Bernie Sanders, especially since they've been championing this for so long and like they don't got that much time left in Congress, like, why not go if Manchin votes no? On having the fifteen dollars in there for the for the COVID stimulus, I'm voting no for the yeah. entire for the entire package. If Manchin votes yes, yeah, for the Democratic bill that came to us, I will vote yes for the Democratic bill that came to us. But like otherwise, I don't see Bernie doesn't win or Elizabeth or any of the other ones don't win in any way by saying we don't agree with you, but we're going to vote for it anyway. Exactly. Like, no, no, you're there to vote against it. You're there to force them to bend to your progressive policies in that case. Exactly. And they do that to you all the time. So why don't you do it back to them? And they do it to you and then tell you you're the reason that the bill is being held up. Literally. But can you do that, though? I mean, because we just mentioned that how, you know, they lied to us about not passing the bill as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. This would just be pushing it back. more. I mean, so... So it, it will, but honestly, it's worth it because all we've ever yeah. done is exactly what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Say we should be better. They say, all right, we're going to be better. And then say, psych, somebody disagrees. So I guess we can't be as good as we said. And then we just let it rock. We've done yeah. that consistently since we got the first AOC up in there. Since we mm-hmm. got since we had Bernie, I mean, Bernie been there for a minute, but we've been doing that literally since I've been alive. Yeah. Let's just say like. It ain't never been, oh, you know what, let me go out of limb on a limb and do something risky for progressives. Or not even for progressive, but like do something risky and it's for a progressive cause. Like it's for a cause that'll help more people than just maintain status quo. That has not happened once. Yeah. Like literally, and- like I actually no, I take it back. I take it back. AOC did vote against um there was a bill, like I think it was like last year, the year before. And it was like one of those like must pass bills, and she voted. Ag- oh wait, wait, wait! I think it was around pan. Was it around pandemic funding? Uh, I forgot. It was around some type of funding and some type of aid, and she voted no because it included funding for ICE. And mm-hmm. she made it clear that she was never going to support ICE. Right. And so people, people was like, "Oh, you don't want to get aid?" I think it was the first. I think it was at the beginning of the pandemic, like the first aid bill. I think. And, and it was like, oh, she's the only one who disagreed, and it was like, because she wasn't going to vote on ICE, and that was that's that was her right. That's what she should have did, to be honest. Yeah. So, but yeah. like that though, I can't bring up any more examples. <laughs> and I think they use that they like they use that very well. I, I'm going to call it K dot it is an excuse, right? We have mm-hmm. to get right. relief to people right now. So we can't take more time, more time to make a better bill and get more relief to people. That's like asking somebody, like telling somebody, hey, look, I could give you ten dollars right now. But if you wait a week, 
I'll give you a hundred dollars. Yeah. Or, or in this mm-hmm. case, it's actually let's 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 make it uh you know comparable to the actual bill. They go, all right, I can give you a hundred dollars right now, or if you wait for like two weeks, I can give you a tripled salary. Mm-hmm. So you make triple than what you make right now, plus extra funding for other things you need in your community. But you got to wait two weeks, and then you go, yeah. nah, I need aid right now. Give me the hundred dollars. Right, like because some people do need the aid right now. And they do. I, and I, I agree. But the issue of them needing the aid existed before we started negotiating for this bill. And if right. you get them the $100 now, it's not like you can go back down the line and still get them the tripled salary. Because by giving them the $100, you now push back that tripled salary by years. Right. So it's not back two yeah. weeks anymore. And now it's back yeah. two years, potentially. And yeah. even then, once you come back, once it comes back up, it might be pushed back even further. So it's not the sense that we don't want to get people or they don't want to get people help now is that they mm-hmm. want to get people the most help one time so that they don't have to keep going back and putting a bandaid on something that they could have just wrapped up in a cast and had fixed. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I was going to say, and, and the crazy thing is like the more urgent it is, the like the less likely it is to be helpful. Like urgency literally is always used as a reason not to do the maximum good. At, mm-hmm. at least, at least, with our politics, because they'll be like, oh, we got to pass something fast. So, like, it has to be something best bipartisan and it has to be not too crazy. And it has to be uni- uniformly accepted amongst Democrats instead of like, what's the most efficient and effective thing we can do? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, oh, we can't do something good. Yeah, that sounds good, but we can't do that because not everybody's going to agree to it. So, we got to do something now that we were going to agree to. And it's like, they always use immediacy and urgency. Has a reason to do less, not more. True, mm. yeah. but it should imagine, be the opposite. Right. Imagine if imagine if this is the last COVID bill, and d- during the pandemic, imagine how far that fifteen dollar minimum wage bill is going to be pushed back. Yeah, you know, it will. Pro- if it goes back up, it'll probably bring it back up. never come back up. They're not going to bring it back up. For a while, this thing has gone. It's yeah. honestly it's gone for the next two years at a minimum. The next four years or beyond at a max, like or at a, at a potential <clears throat> max, it's not coming back up. This was it. This was the this was the one chance to push it through. And honestly, for all the people who supported fifteen, who legitimately support fifteen dollars minimum wage, they failed. Yeah, it's yeah. not coming back up again. You're not going to get another chance. The others are so, being bought out by these corporations. You know, but let's move on to the actual STEMI then the stimulus check, the uh, or rather the stimulus package, the COVID relief package was approved and is going to be sent back to the House for approval and then signing by the president. It is likely that the House will approve of the amendments put into this bill and send it off for Biden to sign. So what's in this stimulus? Okay. We have $1,400 checks for people earning less than $75K a year. Um, and it completely phases out at 80K. So if you made $80,000 in 2019, you don't get any stimulus. Um, with this stimulus, 90% of households will get money. Under Trump's stimulus, I think it was 94 or 96% of households received some assistance. So yeah. there will be 7 million, fewer family, 7 million fewer families this time around will get a stimulus. Um, 
something they added to this bill, adult dependents and college students are expected to be eligible for it. They weren't eligible for the previous one, previous ones. Uh, it's going to be a $300 federal boost to weekly uh, unemployment benefits through September. Um, and it will make the first $10,000 of those benefits tax-free for our households with less than $150,000, which is a change from the House bill, which had $400 weekly enhancements through August instead of $300 <clears throat> through uh, September. And There's both no of those... Go ahead. And both of those are walk-downs from the 600. Right. That was, a, that was, <laughs> that was, that was in Trump's original... Well, not Trump's bill, but... In the first bill that passed the Trump. Yeah. So uh, like we discussed earlier, no minimum wage increase in the Senate version. $350 billion to states, local governments um, for uh, which is the same amount that the House passed. So there's no change to that. Um, the Senate and the House bills both extend 15 percent increases in food stamps through September um, instead of having expire in June. Uh it also contains $800 million for the uh, Special Supplemental Nutritional Program for Women, Infants, and Children, known as WIC. Um, and they also are allowing states to continue using the uh, pandemic EBT. Both of the bills will send $20 billion to state and local governments to help low-income households cover back rent, rent assistance, and utility bills. And about $10, million of that, $10 billion of that will be used to help struggling homeowners pay their mortgage. Which, as we know, we're on an, um, an impending eviction crisis um, as the moratorium is about to run out on rent. And people are going to owe a lot of money uh, for the rent that they haven't been paying during the pandemic. And let's see, we also have child tax credits uh, for three thousand dollars for each child under six, and three thousand for or thirty six hundred for each child under six, and three thousand for each child under eighteen. Um, and these. Uh, tax credits would actually uh, be given as monthly payments rather than one lump sum, which most people get at the end of the year. Um, $130 billion to schools to help them return to the classroom. Uh, both the Senate and the House bills get uh, premium subsidies for the ACA. Um, they lower the enrollment percent or the cap for the ACA from 10% to 8%. Uh, of their income towards the coverage. They got $15 billion for emergency disaster loan program, which is in the Paycheck Protection Program, and $8.5 billion to help struggling rural hospitals and healthcare providers. It doesn't provide any additional funding for hospitals or nursing homes, um, which received assistance in the previous packages under the Trump administration. Um, and yeah, that, so that's, that's everything that's in the bill this time around. Yeah, I mean, I actually was surprised by the um, tax credits, by the three thousand dollar. Is it is it three thousand per child for the year, or is it three thousand per child monthly? Um, it, I, I think it's per year, and then they'll give them monthly payments out of that three. Oh, okay, thirty six hundred under six. 3, That's 000. like six hundred. Eight six six twelve. Something like that. Um, the math is not math for me right now. Uh, 300. Okay. Uh, if it's, for, for kids under six, it would be $300. For uh, kids under 18, that would be uh, 220. 220, 250. Gotcha. Like but um, 
And Canada already does this regularly. They get <laughs> every month. Yeah. Got. Just saying. But um, but yeah, I, I think the most interesting thing, or one thing that I noticed, was that they didn't give money to hospitals and nursing homes. They gave it to rural hospitals. But not to just every hospital. I guess because they assume some of the other money that they've put in the bill. No, I'm not going to say they assumed anything because it seems like these people do not write with any type of intelligence whatsoever when they make these bills. Um, But yeah, I didn't have much to say about the stimulus. I just wanted to say what was in it so that we we didn't just talk about the $15 minimum wage not being in it. You have anything on that? Anything else on that? Um, I just want to talk about how I believe it was Joe Manchin is the reason why it, the, the um, what's it called? The unemployment ad, additional 400 went down to three. Um, so again, I, I, to me, it's just another example of like, they really letting some small minority they like they really like to me is very it's just like y'all didn't y'all wasn't really about this um i wasn't really about it for real because there's no way like just just coming off of the way y'all bullied progressives there's no way if this was something y'all really cared about y'all would just let rock like that and not make a big funk out about it and and then and then the other thing that is also crazy to me is like every time they lose, right? Um, and when I say lose, I mean they said they were gonna do something and they they met the smallest amount of resistance and dr- dramatically reduced what they were gonna do or alter what they were gonna do. They come out and say this is the best thing we've ever done. And I'm just like I don't know what's, I mean, it's a couple ways to take it. It's a couple ways to take it. It's like, either y'all are like the worst losers I've ever seen and y'all, and y'all are proud of it or y'all are absolutely crazy or to y'all, it really is the best thing y'all ever did. And that's all y'all really want to do from jump. Cause what I, cause I, cause I'm like, instead of it, if, y'all, if they actually cared about an issue, I'm not going to come out and be like, yo, y'all, like, I know I said I was going to get y'all. I know y'all was starving. I know I told y'all I was going to get y'all food. And instead of the meals, I promise, I got you one meal of McDonald's. No, I got you back in a little bit of McDonald's right here. But, it's gonna, it's, but honestly, though, this is the best, this is the best food you would have ever got from me. That's basically what it sounds like. It's like, oh, yeah, I told you I was going to get you what you needed. And you told me what you needed. But you know, I've seen somebody along the way, and they said that ain't what you. That I shouldn't give you that. And I said, okay, well, you should be happy because this is the best I was ever gonna give you. <laughs> like that's really what it sounds like. It's just like that's ridiculous to me. That's ridiculous to me. Yeah. But you know, it's typical, typical in behavior. I will say though, to me, this basically just sets the precedent that. Biden's whole presidency is going to be a series of losses and losses and losses and losses and mm. losses. 
and then they're gonna come out and people are gonna do their whole excuses for everything and trying to shift the blame somehow to AOC and the squad and Bernie and all this other stuff and they're gonna do the same thing and the result is we spent another four years where we could have been gotten a lot accomplished and we didn't and then other Democratic voters will see that ain't shit really happened. And then Republicans will be like, it's our time because we got to get them Democrats out. And then they beat us at the polls Mm -hmm. because we don't have a boogeyman Trump to get people to come out for. Because that was your whole campaign ad during Biden's Biden's campaign. We got to get Biden because we got to beat Trump. But now that Trump ain't about it, even though he's talking his mess, Trump is not about to run in no three years. (laughs) Like, nah. But I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do, but they, they made it clear that they intend to lose for the foreseeable future. Which is fine, because like, like I said, you know, at the end of the day, this job ain't what pay their bills. It's their donors, so. That's true. Their donors and their investments and their side deals, and that's what pay their bills, so. They probably, they probably like feel like they're winning. Probably. Well, let's move on to our next topic. Then we have uh, at current there's a going on nine month uh, strikes and protests by the farmers of India. Um, so just a little bit of background on this. So right now there are rules changes to the pricing, the storage, and the selling of farm produce. And effectively, these changes in the rules would deregulate India's crop sales, which would endanger the activists uh, or rather the farmers' livelihoods. And so we see that Indian farmers right now, they can sell their produce at a government controlled um, market for, you know, a assured price. Um, And the new and the current system rather affords stability for the farmers to make decisions and investments for the crop cycles. Um, the new laws would give farmers quote unquote choice and freedom, but that means that, and, and that the farmers can now sell directly, but the likelihood is that they would be slowly consumed by the bigger and more powerful farm corporations since they cut mm. out the government. And so uh, in this case, the farmers are worried that large corporations will take over most of the market and without the protection of minimum prices, the fear is that those big ministers can take control over the storage and undercut everyone else. So essentially, and you know, just to break it down further, um, the new controls would make it so that the farmers can sell their stuff directly, but there are no price controls, which means that larger corporations that can afford to mm-hmm. sell their food at a lower price will sell their food at the lowest price possible. And they can afford that loss in revenue, uh, which really won't be a loss in revenue for them by setting it so low. Whereas the other farmers can afford to set their prices or the smaller farmers can't afford to set their prices that low, which means that the uh, smaller farmers will all be pushed out by the extremely low prices set by the larger corporations who can afford to set their prices that low. Um, Mm. 
And so and so here are the issues with this law. It was passed. The farmers at least are saying it was passed without the farmers input. Uh, they're saying the laws are cumbersome and hard to read on purpose, or difficult to understand. And while it has been presented as a marginal issue that just the farmers face, it's important to understand that India's 1.3 billion population, more than half of the working population are in the agriculture sector. 58% of the Indian working population is in the agriculture sector. Yeah. So, it's, so it's a very important issue that affects um, pretty much majority of it, the Indians uh, in India and their life and their future livelihoods. So the reason I bring this story up is because something very interesting is happening right now. So Mina <laughs> Harris who is the niece of Kamala Harris, the vice president. Uh, let's, wait, let me just make sure I got that right. Mina Harris, niece. I think that's right. Yeah. Ne- yeah. Okay. She's the niece of Kamala Harris. Um, Kamala Harris obviously she- is of Indian origin. And so is her niece. Her niece, as well as some other high-profile Indian um, uh, celebrities um, and uh, uh, and other just activists in general, um, were raising awareness about the issues that are going on in India. However, the Indians themselves, whom are protesting, said, "Stay out of our business." So I want to read you some things that 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 have been said. So, you know, uh, it's it's been it's been reported that they they said the um, the eighteen uh, essentially the people there are eighteen million people who are who don't live in India who are Indian around the world, um, and they're saying that these people have no place expressing their opinions on the country of India because they're not living in India right now, even if they are Indian. Um, Harris responded on Twitter, don't tell me to stay out of your affairs. These are all of our issues. And she also tweeted that they, uh, and I don't have a, well, we can't show pictures because it's a podcast, but uh, she tweeted a picture of them burning a poster with her face on it. And (laughs) it also had Greta Thunberg's face on there as well. And so, okay. So they're burning burning their faces and to be fair i think these are the counter protesters burning their faces but there are other uh uh essentially people who are part of the protest saying you know stay out of our issues these are indian issues and while you may maybe have been born in india or have indian heritage you don't live in india um so we don't want you saying anything about our issues even if it's positive okay and I think, yeah, even Rihanna had said something about it. And, you know, they said Indians will not tolerate interference in internal affairs at the behest of separatists. And so that's how they're coining, you know, all these <laughs> other people. Separatists. Yeah. Mia Khalifa had also, you know, voiced support for it. And, you know, they burned pictures of her head, too, or of her face, too. Um, and, you know... They're saying you know, India's sovereignty cannot be compromised. External forces can be spectators, but not participants. Indians know India and should decide for India. Let's remain united as a nation. Um, hmm. So what do y'all think about that? That's like a dictatorship. 
because so, because I, I was reading it and you know I'm like, but they want to help, and they and it's not like it's not like they're in like some other Asian country like they're Indian, and they probably have family in India. They probably grew up in India. Maybe they don't live in India right this second. Maybe they just moved out of India. Maybe mm-hmm. they went to you know America for a better job opportunity at school. But like to say you're even though you're Indian. Because I can understand not wanting somebody who's in another race, like in your business, you know, even if they're helping, because sometimes white people, even when they mean well, um, are not helpful when they get into black affairs and try to fight on behalf of black people. Sometimes they do it in the worst possible ways. And so I can understand that. But for you to feel that other Indian people who share your culture, love for your nation, you know, uh, historical landmarks, uh, food, everything that makes Indians Indians, it makes India India. They share all of that with you, culture. To go, you don't live here right now, so I don't want you speaking on anything that's going on here right now, even if it's positive, even if it's to raise awareness. What do y'all think about that? I mean, America has a history of imperialism. Mm-hmm. Does it not? And often when social issues are brought to the awareness of Americans, it can get to a point where the government actually wants to address it, right? And step their foot in the situation, right? Apparently there's something going on in Haiti right now where they're trying to fight, you know, American intervention and and have been fighting American intervention for like years. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is just, you know, not something specifically against those people, but against your association with America. I can see that. Well, let me uh, broaden that then. It's not just Americans. So it's also people from other European countries. European and countries. Didn't European, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they? they yeah. yeah. Big apartheid. Big apartheid. Canada, Indians from, you know, Indians from other places that I, mean, I just I just didn't want it to be just America mm-hmm. that we were talking about. There are other places where people of Indian descent are uh, trying to raise awareness about the issues going on in India. I mean, yeah, yeah I can I can definitely understand. I mean, it, it would I, it would definitely suck as to be a part of that nation and just to have so much distrust. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are. Indian affairs, like they don't want anyone else in their business. I mean, the last thing they want, or I mean, the last thing people want in general is for another nation to just intervene and start going over there and killing people. So you're yeah. saying that even though the people who were that talking might be extreme, maybe Indian, because they're associated with another country right now, their fears that that country might get involved if the Indians in uh, uh, people of Indian descent. In their country, voice enough concern. You're saying that that's probably the fear of the Indian people. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I could see that. I mean, I'm definitely. I mean, I don't know. I think it's interesting, especially the whole burning air pictures thing. Because, like, when I think of like progressive movements and stuff, like just in general, not even just like oh U.S., but like just in general, like. The 
the framing, at least in terms of like what you described, T-Jack, sounds very much like standard nationalist conservative talk as opposed to like national, as opposed to like, oh, it's like. India is a nationalist country for the most part. They definitely uh, pride themselves on being Indians and not anything else and aren't fans of interventionism for good reason because you know they were imperialized by great britain as well yeah yeah but it's like to me it's also like on a like i don't it also is also like giving me conservative vibes like it's just like the current government is conservative yeah but i mean but i mean like even like like within a demographic so i'm just like i'm i'm i'd be i'm thoroughly surprised if it's really the people on the progressive side of that movement who are out there burning images of these other Indians who are abroad. I would be very surprised if that's mm-hmm. that energy. Um, cause, cause I mean, cause yeah, to me personally, like, no. like, like me personally, like I wouldn't see it. Like if I'm organizing for the, for the cause of anything, I wouldn't see it as advantageous for my movement to burn images on video of people who are allies, even if I'm like, y'all not, y'all not the spokesperson, da da da. Like we could have that conversation, but like, I I would never think to burn. I I I wouldn't see how it would be working towards my objective to burn images of people who would wish to be allies and people honestly like people who like seemingly have the birthright to be part of the movement. To be honest, like. I just wouldn't. That's just strange to me. Like that's because to me that's like akin to us me being like, oh, well, granted, the, the element about the U.S. imperialism is not actually it's not apple to apple in this comparison. But I just feel like to me that that's just like almost like when the U.K. was having BLM protests and stuff, and I, and I, I feel like that'd have been like me being like, yo, like y'all don't speak on don't don't speak on like. Police in the U.S. Don't speak on that because y'all, y'all, y'all better than ours. Like, don't worry about that. Da, 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 da. And again, like, I know, like, the fear of imperialism is not there. But it's, like, odd to me just from, like, a, a movement perspective that I would then go and then, then, like, go out of my way to record myself burning images on video of these people. It's, like, that's not, that's strange to me if they're really, like, the progressive ones in this movement. That are mm-hmm. doing that, yeah. Like, like, I definitely like to like be on ground to hear conversations because I'm just like that's odd to me. Well, they were also well. There, there, there is another layer of the story because a lot of the backlash, quote unquote, backlash was occurring on Twitter. But the government has also the, the Indian government has also limited what information can come out of India via Twitter and other social media uh, outlets. Uh, so it's just like a blackout. And the, yeah, it could be in this case that they're only allowing the nationalist tweets and things, but that still would mean people are out there burning, you know, effigies of Mina Harris and Greta Thunberg. Yeah, but I mean, I expect but like... They're if, only allowing that type of... So that could, not saying that they are, yeah. but that could be because they are limiting the information that's coming out of India via social media. I could see that. Cause that just very much seems like it's like, it's like, 
I don't know, because typically I'm just like, yo, if you want some activists organizing stuff, then like my lens is only strategic. So like if it's not strategic, my my presumption is that it won't happen. And I'm just like, if you burn in images of somebody, it has to be it has to be the ops. Like it has <laughs> to be the ops. And like, cause I'm like, that's the only people who it would make sense and like who it could possibly be strategic for to burn images of. Yeah, ops. Yeah. And yeah, ops is not people who are allies, even if misinformed. You know, even if it's like they want to be allies and they're harmful, like that's a you have a corrective conversation. You don't yeah. burn, you don't burn images of them and like post it up on social media. <laughs> like that's <Yeah>. not. <laughs> Like, I don't know, but maybe hey, maybe that's maybe I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds similar to like the Sudan media blackout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was wilding. Summer. It was wilding. Or two two summers ago. Yeah, where they basically just shut down social media. Like you couldn't get any type of message through. Yeah. There was one recently. Um, oh, I forgot which country it was. Um, an election just happened. I think it was like a Western Western country on the continent. Uh, I forgot which country it was. And they, they literally did the same thing. They they shut down internet in the country and then told sent like this cease and desist to all the like internet serving companies. To not accept mm-hmm. any traffic from to, to not send or accept any traffic to or from that country's internet, so like you couldn't even like VPN it and go around it because like they weren't even allowed to take any traffic coming from that country because one of the presidents was trying to basically ensure that he got reelected and his opponents had no chance. Interesting. Yeah, I did forgot the country though. I remember it. Well, um, yeah, maybe this is just how India rose, bro. I mean, like they're they're so they they're not their government does not run like a traditional de- democracy. Yes, yeah, right. Like parliamentary, yeah. semi-democratic republic. Yeah. So yeah, they're semi-dictatorial. Like dictatorial. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. Very good. Very interesting conversation. Um. We'll we'll move on to our next topic. So right now, um, there have been a total of 29 million cases of coronavirus in America. And I guess, you know, we stopped counting because you don't hear about it anymore on the news. 524,000 deaths from coronavirus in America alone. And the Republican governor of Georgia, or right, I'm sorry, the Republican governor of Texas and Mississippi are not extending their mandates and are in fact dropping them all together uh, for wearing masks. So in Texas and Mississippi, you will not have to wear a mask soon. Alabama governor uh, Kay Ivey will also not extend the COVID mask mandate past April 9th. The Arkansas governor also plans to end the mask mandate on March 19th. And other Republican governors are considering following suit. So Republican states and Republican governors have said, fuck it. You don't have to wear a mask anymore. Um, The vaccine's coming. 
We'll be fine. Y'all ain't died yet, except for 524,000 of y'all. Um, let's get it cracking. So, I've heard that, you know, some of the governors are doing this now so that they can get um, some type of uh, publicity uh, or, or, or popularity before the other governors do it. Because when everyone takes their mask mandate down at the same time, it's not going to mean anything or it's not going to be like, you know, it's not going to make news. But if they take it down beforehand, then they're going to get all the news coverage. Um, but of course, this also means that you have to have a fundamental uh um, disregard for the lives of the people in your state to say I'm going to remove the mass mandate earlier so that I can get popularity. So I'm hoping that's not the reason, but those are some of the reasons that I've seen floated around. Um, and it, it's just I I just I don't know, man. It just how can you care so little about human life? You know, like, I get it if you're, like, a serial killer or some shit. Even serial killers got people they like, you know? But, like, how can you, as a public official, elected into office, by your constituents, go, I don't care if y'all die. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna repeal the mask mandate because I want to. Because I'm tired of wearing a mask. I don't care if I get sick. I, I, I just don't understand that, like, blatant i don't even you can call it disregard for life but it really just seems like it's almost malicious like die please go and die like 524,000 people are dead from this that's 524,000 families affected 524,000 communities that are affected and that will never be the same that are permanently changed forever and they don't care and it's just the republican governors like i feel like at this point you can't say like oh you know republicans aren't that bad or you know you guys just don't agree with us like bro you don't agree that people should live how can how can i agree with that there is no middle ground for that you just think i should be dead or you don't care if i live or die yeah yeah it's been pretty clear from the from the beginning of this pandemic that they've been prioritizing the economy over human lives from just entirely. But I especially feel bad for the mayors of these small towns, of these of these cities that have, you know, especially for the ones that have high minority populations, that really have to fight this oppression on the daily, like from these from these governors. Cause I feel like, you know, the yeah. governors only know you know, every single area so personal, so personally. But these mayors like that are from these places and, and know the 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 consequences of having such a mandate or eliminating the, the mass mandate, what it will have on these you know communities and some of these states very impoverished communities that you know have very that have housing situations where there are, you know, tens of even, you know, hundreds of people in one, you know, in a very small radius that you know, they have to mm-hmm. be around each other all the time. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't understand how, you know, we want, we want these jobs. 
I know that it's important, but we gotta we gotta prioritize life over <laughs> the economy, even though it's it's tough. But yeah. I mean, can't nobody work if they did. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and this would all be solved if if you know we, we keep talking about Canada, how they sending up checks every month. No, but they don't. America doesn't want to take that type of stand. Mm-hmm. Black politics. It's America in office right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's crazy. I mean, to me, to me personally, it's just a reminder why I'm like I'm not living over a state. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what nobody talk about. I don't care how progressive X city is, whatever, whatever. I'm like, nah. I mean, Maryland's a blue state, but they have a Republican governor. Yeah, that's a red. That's not like a red state to me. Who? <laughs> 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 Who? Maryland. Uh, Larry Hogan, the governor. Yeah, Larry Hogan. Yeah, they tried to put. They tried to elect a black man. He was actually a kappa. They tried to elect him a few years ago, but he didn't get through. Because apparently, you know, let's let's be real. Maryland has some of the most affluent black counties yeah. in America. I mean, yeah, in America, Prince George's County. You know, and let's let's be real. Once you got that money. Which party are you gonna choose? The, the, the party that's gonna save you the most money. <laughs> Stupid, because it's also the party that saves right. you the least money. <laughs> like, like you say, the most money on taxes, I guess. But if you don't fund anything else, like you know, uh, school programs, roads, uh, to, things that help poverty and homelessness, uh, your quality of life is gonna be shit. Yeah, you saved a couple extra dollars, but your roads. I'm talking about wealthy. Not talking about regular. We talk about middle class. Talking about the, the well-off, those who don't aren't concerned with the life and living circumstances of others. Yeah. Nah, yeah. That Texas, that Texas thing, that Texas thing was goofy. Because I'm like, at the end of the day, we know that's that's gonna mean now, nah, like, jobs aren't required to provide masks anymore. They probably aren't required to do the sanitation things. People can't be like, oh, if I was working from home because of COVID now, well, we don't have a mass date mandate anymore, so come back into work. And I'm not obligated to give you any rec- accommodations anymore. I don't know if, if Texas were obligated, but like, now nah, I definitely aren't required to give you any accommodations. So if you were working from home, because whatever your health, if that's not one of our pre-COVID policies, it's not our current policy. I'm like, all of those things will come after he decided to act like COVID no longer exists in Texas. And apparently I just saw today that there's a spike happening in COVID cases in Texas. And he said he blames the immigrants. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> he said Joe Biden let in, even though Joe Biden deported more than like a thousand Haitians, apparently, apparently he actually let in hundreds of immigrants who were COVID positive and he let them into Texas specifically so that they could infect Texas citizens. That is what the governor of Texas, uh, uh, Abbott, said. He, he said that he, Joe Biden specifically, let COVID positive immigrants into Texas, even though he's been deporting immigrants at the border, including over a thousand Haitian immigrants. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's legit crazy. It's just it's just crazy, like looking on a macro level of how shit does not stop. Like shit does not stop. 
in the in the during a pandemic, crime does not stop. Well, people, you know, homicide rates don't stop; they spike. Uh, yeah. Police, you know, police misconduct right. as far as them killing us spikes. Immigration. I mean, I don't know the statistics for this, but the fact that it's still going on, like people still coming into America, whether illegally or illegally, it's still going on. Like, it's just crazy that people, you would think that some things, like during these troubling times, like, yeah, some things stop, but it just don't. Well, what you see instead during pandemics is an exacerbation Mm -hmm. of existing issues. And so rather, like you said, instead of seeing certain things stop, you see certain things increase. The only things that will stop Mm -hmm. are the things that we considered optional before. So things like kindness, right? So, oh, it's a pandemic. I don't got to be nice no more because I got to worry about myself and my family. So fuck everybody else, you know? Uh, You're not going to see anything, any especially systemic issues that were going on before, they're they're not they're going to be totally exacerbated by something like a pandemic, which limits resources and forces people essentially against each other because you're afraid of this person getting you sick, um, and and or or taking some resource that that you also need. Um, yeah, yeah. There was like a last week. There was like a a mm-hmm. fatal car crash in California. I don't know if y'all heard about it. I didn't. But it, it left, it was in Southern California by the border. It left 13 people dead, bro. Damn. Yeah. And I could be wrong about this. Actually, let me, let's revisit this. Let me get these facts straight. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to move on to your topic, the Congolese Mountain of Gold. What's that all about? But, so apparently... Um, dang, I gotta feel like I gotta get better, but um, so uh, apparently there's this mountain in Lu, I'm named probably, I'm about to mess it up, like Luhihi in Congo in the South Kivu province. That apparently there's literally so much gold, it's just like coming, like. Like, like, imagine, like, literally, like, a mountain that's, like, mostly a dirt mountain. And, like, you just dig your hand in the dirt, and in that handful, it's just gold in there. Uh, yeah, so they, like, swimming, swimming, swimming in gold. I'm, like, they're literally estimating that, like, 60 to 90% of the soil in a mountain is made up of gold. That's how much gold we're talking about. So, like, the videos... <laughs> <laughs> so in the Damn. videos, it's just mad people like just digging, they're literally just hitting the dirt with a shovel, picking it up, and all you see there's blocks from water on it, handfuls of gold, like popcorn. I'm just like, yo. <laughs> and apparently, like authorities are <laughs> now I said that's wild. Like, and and it's, and honestly, they shouldn't have went public with it because you know what America's and 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 UK is gonna do. They're gonna be like, all right guys, time to go to war with the Congo. So <laughs> actually Congo is um so the government is like restricting because apparently like Congo is like full of like a lot of stuff like oil, timber, diamonds, the minerals, like tin and tungsten and tantalum. Yeah I remember I watched that movie 
Yeah, so I already have a lot of like laws around um, tracking like where stuff was mined, who has a license to mine it. And then apparently with certain things like gold, which they classify as conflict materials, there has to be, um, you have to you have to be able to document like where it came from. Because uh, they do have an issue with like certain groups being forced to mine things, which is like an example that, yes, blood diamonds, but other types of minerals as well. So right now, they're like the government is like halt, halting all the mining activity. I don't know if it's actually working because people definitely literally is like, Going in, digging the dirt, taking it home, rinsing it off. Like, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, their, their government is taking steps to, like, ideally make sure nobody's getting finessed or nobody's getting, like, forced to dig up stuff and basically nobody starts in their life over it. Yeah, the videos is crazy, though. I mean, honestly, though, like, from the videos I've seen, like, it was a lot of people, but it didn't seem like violent or nothing. Hey, everybody just seemed like it was there trying to get their hand full of dirt, to be honest. <laughs> That's what the, yeah. That's so trip to the Congo? <laughs> nah, we can't. We can't go over there and start taking. That ain't right. <laughs> yeah. Says who? This 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 is God's land. Nah, bro. Wanted everybody, including me, to use it to the full extent. So let's go get some gold. America is known for stealing people's natural resources. Well, I am American. <laughs> I don't live up to my heritage. <laughs> I'm weak. I'm weak. I'm weak. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm American African. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I forgot about that. <laughs> yo, yo. So about this, this crash. So. Killed 13 people and was considered one of the deadliest highway crashes involving migrants sneaking into the U.S. Mm. So they crashed through a border fence. Mm. They don't do it. Like, bruh. And their car caught on fire before they get to the highway. Oh, wow. Bruh, that shit is fucked up. And, And 19 of them escaped, or 18 of them escaped, and they were all Detained by Border Patrol. Crazy. Right. Way to bring the good stories, K. That make us all smile. Why don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The eighteen. I don't know, bro. I don't even. I want to know how many trucks they had. Or yeah. <laughs> the suburban yeah. carried nineteen people. Yeah. No, they'd be on. They're like. They they be on top of each other like it's not like you know people's next to each other no they're like literally on top. Damn, like all that extra space you see in a car, you know where heads and arms go. Yeah, that's where the bodies are. Um, Damn. But yeah, well, then K dot why don't, why don't you brighten up our day and talk to us about the uh, George Floyd in policing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, just to give. A little uh, debrief on what's been going on. So the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act <clears throat> was initially introduced on June 8th, 2020 uh, by Representative, uh, Car- Representative Karen Bass of the 37th District of California. And this was introduced roughly two weeks after the killing of George Floyd by a Minneapolis police officer. In May, late May, I think it was May 25th, 
2020. Um, but this, uh, so that bill was passed. It was introduced and it was passed uh, by the House, but it just sat on the Senate calendar and I guess nothing happened with it. Um, but this year, Representative Karen Bass uh, reintroduced it and it got passed this past Wednesday, March 3rd, 2020, 20, ah, 2021, by an eight vote margin, uh, 220 to 212. Interestingly, last year, it passed by a margin of 56 votes. Hmm. Oh, so that's a pretty that's a pretty big difference. So, I, so we can eight. That's a lot of loss. And, and that shows you, bro. Once, once, once the period of like grief and we're well, not grief, but once all the yeah, huh? <clears throat> Sensationalizing. Yeah, like once, once, once that period goes away, bro, they just don't care no more, bro. Yeah. They they literally just doing stuff to to show us that um, they to not show us shit. I guess <laughs> it's crazy. Eight to fifty six, like that's that's a big difference, a significant amount of support loss. But oh, maybe well, they also lost. Huh? Maybe there were also lost elections because there was an election just happened. True. And I was also thinking it could have been some some uh, difference in the legislation. But getting into that, um, so I'm just gonna go over. Uh, it's a 136-page bill, but I'm going to go over just... Uh, please don't read all 136 pages. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, um, it would close... So if this bill were to be passed, would, would to be passed by the Senate, it would close the uh, sexual consent loophole that exists in a majority of states, 35 out of 50 states, which is crazy, which, which allows police to have sex with or even rape uh, detainees as long as as mm-hmm. long as the police claimed that it was consensual, it would introduce what yeah, the Syracuse. fuck, Bruh. <clears throat> happened in Syracuse. Damn, real? How can you consensually have yeah. sex with an inmate? It's it's, it's the dehumanizing process of of our prison industrial complex. It's just rape, how, bruh? Yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm moving to Canada, bro. Fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Canada. <laughs> uh, so it would also introduce requirements for police and body cameras. You know, some municipal uh, governments already have those in place, like DC. Um, uh, it would introduce programs with the aim of eliminating racial and religious profiling. It would establish the National Police Misconduct Registry. Um, it would limit qualified immunity. For police, which has allowed police to escape legal liability for civil rights violations, unless the victim can show that their rights were clearly established established at the time, uh, it would lower the criminal intent standard to convict a law a law enforcement officer for misconduct in a federal prosecution, and it would authorize the DOJ to issue subpoenas in investigations of police departments for a pattern of practice of discrimination. So and that probably passed. Oh, yeah, in the, in the house. It's a so they, 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 have to, they have to send it to their Senate chamber now. For yeah, the and as yeah. I said last year, it just sat there. They didn't get to it, I guess. My God, if they pass that, that would that sounds like the single best piece of legislation I've ever heard written. <laughs> that that sounded like, bro, I was drooling over here. That just sounded so sexy. <laughs> bro, 
preventing qualified immunity, preventing police officers from <laughs> raping inmates. Like they they really they really made some yeah, I mean good shit out here. I don't know. I'm probably Thanks. not as Thanks. celebratory. Um I, I mean, because yeah, I want to actually want to kind of see I like, like what, and I, I don't know if you have this case, but did they talk about specifically what what they meant by rolling back some qualified immunity? Because they should get rid of it completely. No, no. So, so one article that I read said that they were totally, totally abolishing it, but another one I read said they were limiting it. So I just put limiting. Yeah, mm. but it could. Limiting so could be hmm? it is. Yeah, because yeah, if they're abolishing it, I'll clap for it. If they're not, I'm just like, you yeah. took a step. But but yeah, because even then, like qualified immunity is really only like the ability for us to civilly sue cops personally. That's it. Right. Like I didn't really regards in regards to them actually doing time or nothing. So, but yeah, in terms of the sexual assault, like we, we um, there was a woman that's here in Syracuse uh, that was raped by an officer. Um, and granted, she wasn't being detained, um, but he showed up to like to answer what was supposed to be like a missing child case because um, the woman's daughter had ran away for a little bit, and then he ended up raping her. Yeah, he ended up raping her right when he answered the call. Um, she was trying to figure out where her daughter was at in front of her, like one year old son. Um, so yeah, he was wild, and then claimed it was consensual. Well, obviously, you're not about to have no consensual sex with an officer that you met while looking for your lost daughter that you met for the first time, and that was that was his claim. That was the city's claim. That was the city's defense. Uh, it was in federal court. They lost. City paid out like half a million, um, which means we paid out half a million, and the officer still has his pension, and he just basically was for some early retirement, and I think he got probation. And he was, and she wasn't the only woman he raped, and he did, and he didn't just rape black women. So, yeah, <laughs> and at least at least according to like our uh, um, con- our p- contract with the police union and charter, basically, um, yeah, it wasn't sexual assault wasn't even a fireable offense. We got the, we got the mayor, the current mayor, we got him to be like, oh yeah, I checked now, and like yes, sexual assault is a fireable offense. But when we asked last year, he said no. Or he didn't know. Yeah, so we've been, it's not. And yes. You know, yep. <laughs> even beyond it being a fireable offense, right? Beyond that, why would you want to work with a police officer who rapes people? Like, besides it not being fireable. How could you, unless you're a rapist yourself or you're fine with rapists, as a police officer, police chief, supervisor, whatever, be okay with working next to a cop who regularly rapes people? Like, 
like, do you like? I, I I can't see how you don't see the irony, the hypocrisy mm-hmm. behind what's going on. Your job is to put criminals away, and a person right next to you is a criminal. Mm-hmm. Morally, how could you work with someone who rapes people as a normal course of action? It's just, it's even like, it's just, it's morally reprehensible as an act. It isn't like, oh, you know, two consensual adults, they got drunk, uh, you know, both of them were drunk and had sex. Is it rape? Is it not rape? Like, no, this is a guy that just straight up forced himself onto a woman. There is no gray area. There is no, mm-hmm. he said, she said, it happened. He raped her on purpose. It wouldn't like mm-hmm. he just fell in there. No, it just kind of happened by accident. Like, no. Yeah. And he's the officer. Probably with the and, and the, the victim was probably targeted in the first place. Yeah. Probably mm-hmm. he's from a marginalized community. Mm-hmm. Yep. Made sure she didn't have enough money to, you know, to, get a lawyer. Get some defense, yeah. Damn. I just checked it and it is actually abolishing it. Okay. That's lit. Okay. Oh, that's cool. That's lit. Um, yeah. That's lit. Yes. This I, I swear, like once you start seeing all this stuff that's legal for officers to do, then you look at these mayors, chiefs of police, and these unions and these councils sit here and justify like, in, or make all these excuses into why they can't hold these officers accountable. It's like so all of that stuff y'all talk about, all of that believe women, all of that old sexual assault, like y'all really don't care. Because y'all were literally codified in the law that it was legal for them to to do that. <laughs> literally, like blatantly. It's our vocabulary word for the day, bro. Sensationalized. That's all it is. Like, That's all it is. Sensationalized. But speaking upon uh, police, you know, speaking on what they can and cannot do, I think this is a perfect time to go into one of the Supreme Court cases that I was going to talk about today. Okay, so there is a court case that has been accepted by the Supreme Court to be reviewed. It is uh, Lange or, or Lange versus California. Um, so I'll just you know just briefly talk about what happened in this in this incident. So <laughs> so Arthur Lange was charged in October 2017 with a misdemeanor DUI and a loud noise infraction. He was arrested in his garage by Officer Weekert, who had been following Lange for a few minutes after witnessing what he believed to be loud noise infractions. It's excessively loud music emanating from lowered windows as well as intermittent honking, originating from Lange's vehicle. Weekert, the officer, did not use his siren and only turned on the overhead lights once Lange turned down the road where his home was located. Lange, who claims to have not known that the officer was behind him, then pulled into his garage and closed the garage behind him while while Officer Weekert parked in the driveway just outside. As the garage door closed, Weekert placed his foot underneath to keep it from fully shutting and then entered the garage to conduct his traffic stop. Weekert then arrested Lange for a DUI after smelling alcohol on his breath. Lange's blood alcohol content was later measured to be significantly over the legal limit. So, um, 
Yeah. So, so what? Just, just, uh, just, just from hearing what that uh, incident was, what do y'all think about this? Like, generally, do you think that the officer was in the right? Was he in the wrong? Was 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 uh, Lange? You know, do you think he was lying? Maybe you know whether or not he was lying doesn't even count right now. Doesn't even matter. You know, this is what he's saying happened. Um, so Go ahead. There was literally two recent cases like that in Syracuse. And again, it just shows you all these cops move the same. Like, all these cops move the same. The same. Um, and so, like, yeah, I mean, I, so I, it's messed up. It's messed up on the officer's side because at the end of the day, it's like, if you didn't pull him over prior to him getting home, it's done. It's not a traffic stop no more. It's done. Like unless unless you had reason to believe he had a body in the trunk, it's done. <laughs> like, like I'm like I'm like because even if you're saying you followed him, right? What were you following him for? Right. <laughs> so right. you sitting here following yeah. him with your lights off. It, it, is it because you expected him to do something wrong? Was he serving? Was he driving like he was intoxicated? I'm like all of these things. If that's what you thought. You should have you should have lit your lights up before he got home. It's not a traffic stop no more. It's not a traffic stop because we because when you engaged with him, he was gone. <laughs> like he was already out the car. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, <laughs> what what was the outcome of the of, of the case? No, no, it's it's still being reviewed. Oh, still being reviewed. Um, I would say that Lang should hire the best lawyer money could buy because he's <laughs> be um, if he has a good lawyer and does a, and does a nice civil suit. Um, lots of things were were violated there, and I don't know the, all the specific state laws, but just knowing about policing in general. Um, if you're going to stop somebody, um, you know for an infraction like that, for having driven under the influence, right? If they're already in the park, if they're already in the garage, right? How can you prove they drove under the influence? Right. Say his blood alcohol content was measured later at whatever amount, right? But he could easily say, I drank, I took four shots when I got into my garage. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I wasn't driving drunk. Then what? (laughs) Like you you, you, and and not only that, you have without identifying yourself, um, you know, gone on to this man's property um to question or in this case to apprehend him. I need I need to know the 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 um the series of events on on both people's sides that they're saying that they alleged happened, but presumably, if he came into the garage, prevented the garage door from shutting, came inside of the garage, and then said, "Let me test your breath for you know blood alcohol content," um, and the guy consented, hmm. then. In this case, the police officer wouldn't be wrong, right? Because he didn't 
And, and again, you gotta he ask yourself, you know, who's gonna like, say no to a police officer? He already officer. has, like, <laughs> right? This guy's got a gun. Right. I'm out here by myself. That's the thing. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I'm out here by myself. This police officer's in my space, literally, in where I'm supposed to feel safe at. Like, what am I supposed to do? So, if the sequence of events is, you know, Stops the garage door from closing. Identifies himself as a police officer. Asks if he can breathalyze him, no, and, he, and, he, and he and he you know allows him in. Arrested him, right? And he allows him in. <laughs> oh, you smelled his breath and arrested, and then him. arrested him. Right, <laughs> I didn't even breathalyze him. So honestly, he honestly do needs to get a lawyer because it, <laughs> there's just so much wrong here. Entering his house without any probable cause. Um, you know, even in this case, he wasn't necessarily searching for something, but he came there to uh, antagonize, what we'll say, interview um, someone who he suspected of drunk driving for whatever reason. And then again, then the, uh, that's what I'm saying. He just needs a good lawyer, bro. Because mm-hmm. if the cop is saying he suspected him of drunk driving, which is why he followed him back to his house, exactly. then the question should be asked, <laughs> why didn't you stop him while he was on the road? You just right. allowed him to keep driving until he maybe hit somebody by accident while he was drunk driving. He didn't turn his life around and he back to his house. Right. Right. So then, then the officer would say, oh, well, actually, no, I, I, I wasn't not okay with him killing somebody. Oh, so then why is you following him home? Because you said you followed him home because you thought he was drunk driving. Typically, if you think someone is drunk driving, you don't want them to hurt themselves or others, so you would stop. I right. submit to you, the judge, he did not follow him because he thought he was drunk driving. He followed him exactly. for some other unknown reason that he's not telling us. So at the very least, this officer is lying about the reason that he followed him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. Honestly, yeah. you just need to go lawyer. That like yeah. like this is it's 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 not necessarily an open and shut case, but it definitely ain't good for the cop. He's got nothing going for him in this situation. <laughs> he did yeah. not yeah. by himself. Didn't stop the car, and he thought that he was drunk driving, and that's why he stopped him. It, he would have to come up with another reason. It couldn't be he thought that he was drunk driving. And like I said again, he closed the garage door. In the time he closed the garage door, he could easily right. say, "I took four shots," which is why my breath smelled like alcohol. <laughs> and, the, and the cop can't disprove that. <laughs> but I will say, I will say the added context. Like Haydar said, though, was that it was with the Supreme Court. Yeah, what are they? What, what's what's the argument here? What are they? What are, what are they? All right, what is the so, so, argument against California? <clears throat> okay, so he's saying that it was basically like a breach of his Fourth Amendment right. Right. So Fourth Amendment states the right of the people to be secure against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause. By oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized, right? So he's gonna lose. <laughs> so, so what is probable cause, though? You know, is it like well, again, he didn't search for anything, and I like I said, I need to know the fact pattern. But mm-hmm. if he if he agreed. Or consent again, you know, who's gonna say no to a police officer who 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 who's like I'm coming in? If he doesn't say don't come into my home or something like that, you know, um, and essentially agreed or passively agreed to allow the officer in there, then he's totally lost. If he did say something something along the lines of do not come into my home, officer, I will talk to I will talk with you outside. Right. And the officer disregards that, laying as a case. 
Um, and that is not an open and shut case, but he has a case if those if that was the fact pattern. But the fact pattern is the officer comes in, Lang either passively gives him permission or uh, purposefully gives him permission to be in his uh, garage in this case. And but then no, that's the other thing. I don't know what the well, laws are in that. It was a hot pursuit. What's considered, uh, um, what's considered part of the domain? Because some cities don't consider your garage part of your domain or your house. True. It was a hot pursuit. So that's why like he continued to chase him because it was a hot pursuit. Like he was chasing him like to arrest him. Yeah, if he if he's saying that if he's saying that and he has any like proof around it, I don't see this being a fourth amendment violation. Because like you said, it's against unreasonable searches and seizures without probable cause. He didn't come there to search your home and he didn't search your home. He didn't come there to seize any property. He didn't seize any property. In this case, he seized you, the persons, right? But only after his quote unquote investigation, which in this case, his investigation just considered of sm- consisted of smelling your breath, um, which would still be within his, I guess, legal rights. Again, I don't know all the the you yeah. know municipal uh, 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 laws of that city. So you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt. If you know something more specific about the laws of that city, then that's probably going to supersede whatever I say. But from what it sounds like, Lang is definitely going to lose that case. <laughs> I mean, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I mean, like, he was 100% win a civil case. Gotcha. What probable cause, though, like, it's like, what constitutes that? Like, what, what yeah. level of severity uh, constitutes probable cause? Because uh, is it me with a rifle outside? Or did you, like, did you see me bring a rifle in my home? Is that why you chased me? Or is so, it because of a misdemeanor DUI charge? No, what I'm saying is the Fourth Amendment doesn't even apply here. Huh. For probable, for, for, you don't, like, he didn't even need, if, if, if what he's saying is right, he didn't need probable cause to enter his garage. And to, to, to question him or smell his breath or whatever. If 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 the officer, if again, if the fact pattern when they're hashing out in court, they go, the officer's fact pattern is, is is correct, right? Then he doesn't need probable cause to enter the garage and arrest this guy. If they you know deem you know the civilian's fact pattern is correct and that he did not give the officer the permission permission in the home and it wasn't a high pursuit, officer didn't turn on any lights or anything like that, then you got a case. But it's not a super strong case either. Gotcha. Um, because there's a lot of things you'd have to prove. Uh, as Like I said, he just need a good lawyer. But there's a lot of things you have to prove. You have to prove that the officer did not identify himself, that he was an officer while he was behind you. You have to prove that he followed you. And technically, you could prove that um, by, you know, you being in your garage. But then, like you say, you could, all, he could always say it was a hot pursuit. I was chasing him. And then, you know, part of the investigation with that would be, hey, Neighbors, did you hear police sirens out here on night on you know X night? Hey, did you see any cars racing through? Uh, does this guy normally drive his car really fast through the neighborhood? So it, you would need to do some more investigation for him to win the Supreme Court case uh, on a Fourth Amendment violation. But it doesn't sound like a Fourth Amendment violation to me, um, depending on the fact pattern here. Talking about affirmative action, I, I, I want to. <laughs> Going this little tangent, so I said I was. I just finished his book, uh, The New Jim Crow, by Michelle Alexander. Michelle Alexander, and she was speaking about affirmative action in the sense that you know, there's. I brought this up the like the two weeks ago when I mentioned. Um, I think it was like 
you know, we shouldn't, there's always been like the exception for black people, like Barack Obama or going way back to slavery days, you know, you had the house slave or whatever. So modern day, <laughs> modern day, like we look at, you know, black mayors, you know, black police chiefs and how in <laughs> in the book she 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 said that you know affirmative action accelerated you know black people being in those positions so she also mentions like in order to have true not not liberation but in order to overcome a lot of what's going on right now you know we need to eliminate affirmative action because it's harder to criticize someone that you know, someone that someone that is black in that position and is that is that is actively oppressing black people, you know, on the white people side and our side, because we want to be, you know, we're glad that they're in that position and want to be easy on them. And then from the white perspective, it's, oh, they're black. So that's that's my that must be what the black community yeah. wants. Can I respond to that? Well, go ahead. Um, I think they, they I think the, the sentence was just I think they got the words jumbled up and they just misstated that sentence. Um, the sentence should be, it's hard for you to criticize black people in those positions because it ain't hard for me. I criticize anybody that's doing wrong. It sounds to me like you're uncomfortable doing the right thing when you have, when you see a certain face. Right. You don't do the right thing when you're supposed to do the right thing. You do the right thing when it's comfortable to do it. That's what it sounds like to me. So I'm sure she's a wonderful woman and I'm sure she's, you know, uh, supports a lot of black issues. But if she sees a face she's not comfortable with, she's not down to support those issues anymore. That sounds like a personal problem to me. I don't think yeah. that I don't, I don't think even majority of black people feel like that. I, I, I mean, honestly, I feel like if a black person sees another black person doing some shit wrong, they go, that shit's wrong. They don't well, go, oh, well, they're black. I can't say anything to them. In the context of Barack Obama, I think is a perfect example. Where he's well, a Barack black Obama, president and people and black people are not going to talk bad about him because he's a black president. Well, it's not just because he's a black president. So he's the perfect progress. black president. Right. He, yeah, yeah. He's not, it, I like to say this often about Barack Obama. Not just any yeah. Negro in politics could have done what Barack Obama did. Right. He was um, and well, okay. Um, and what Barack Obama did, um, he 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 was the best of the best. So you know, he was he was he was president of the Harvard Law Review. I think it was the Harvard Law Review. Um, you know, that's not a position that just anybody gets, right? Yeah. There's a handful of people who've ever gotten those positions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was senator uh, uh, or state senator in Ohio, right? He has the perfect family, nuclear family, right? Um, his wife's a lawyer. He was a lawyer. He made a lot of money. Both of them are extremely wealthy, right? He was a black person who was the upper echelon of America in general, mm-hmm. right? And because he's this picture perfect black person, yeah, it's hard to to talk bad about him, especially since he has a way with words, right? He's 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 not an offensive person in any way, shape, or form, and it's hard for people. To uh, you know, see negative and things that aren't offensive. Also, a lot of the negative things that Barack Obama did are very nuanced and harder for people, especially you know, uh, black people who are more interested in issues that affect them every day, um, mm-hmm. to understand those nuanced issues. Honestly, while we don't want to be in endless wars, a lot of people don't care if he did a drone strike and killed an American um, who 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 may have been working with terrorists. 
Um, but it's still illegal for us to kill Americans without having them, you know, go through a speedy trial and all of that uh, good jazz. Black Americans are like, mm, so what? Fuck the Constitution. Like, you're not going to get a lot out of that, right? And then as far as people are concerned, hey, when Barack Obama first got in the office, I got a stimulus check. Like, dude gave me money when I got in, so I'm cool. Yeah, for for Barack Obama, there's just not a lot negative that he did that black people can point to and obviously say this was bad for you, right? The only thing we can say is he didn't do enough. And in terms of you know you know criticizing somebody for not doing enough, like you know the Republicans give him that um uh, that out of them being obstructionist for the entire time that yeah. he was president, and his key right? knowledge that um, so that he very used out. Yeah. And it, Especially when it came to legalization of marijuana, recreational yeah. marijuana. So. Exactly. And then he, yeah. And then him saying, you know, of his own volition, like, oh, you know, I should have done this. I should have done that. Essentially taking accountability. Well, now what can you say about the guy? So I feel like Barack Obama is not hard to criticize because he's black, but he's hard to criticize because of the way he played his presidency. And because of the things that affect people afterwards, I think if President Obama would have, or ex president, former President Obama would have came out and you know increased penalties for you know uh, uh, drug offenses, uh, would have uh, raised taxes significantly on everybody, um, you know, defunded schools or some shit that you know, if he would have came out and did something like that, that you know, specific and could actually significantly affect. Um, African-Americans in a negative way, I'm sure they remember it and go, fuck Obama. Because, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of black people to say, fuck Colin Powell. You know, uh, it, it, it's a lot of black people that say, mm-hmm. fuck Farrakhan, or fuck Jesse Jackson, or fuck Al Sharpton. Right? It, it's not just being black and in a leadership position. It's also what you do in that leadership position, how you hold yourself. And Barack Obama is masterful, honestly, at... Um, public appearance and image. He's, he, he's he's very strategic and he does it well, which makes it hard to criticize him in general. I mean, even Fox News, the worst thing they could find to say about him was that he put mustard on his hot dog. Yeah, or that like brown, that like tan suit he wore. Yeah, he wore a tan suit. Like they couldn't even find, and that's Fox News. They couldn't find shit to say about him. So you think black people are going to find something bad to say about him? Hell no. Yeah. I, and, no. and again, most black people's complaints are that like, Nothing changed under him. And that's the big step. Exactly. Not that he did something yeah. bad. Uh, even though he did do some bad things. But again, those are more nuanced things that will require a broader discussion that we don't have the time to ha- have right now because we got to pay rent. <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and yeah. And I mean, go to school and pay loans and all that. <clears throat> so I would say, like, back to that original premise of what was, what was that woman's name, KDOT? Michelle Alexander. Michelle Alexander. So, I mean, I definitely, I acknowledge that, like, having a black face of oppression does soften the outcries from whoever that, well, for, actually, in this case, yeah, from black people against that black person. I will I will acknowledge that because I see that junk regularly. And it's like, you know, you're more likely to give them the benefit of doubt. You, you're more likely to assume, like, they're an ally because y'all share skin. <laughs> I'm telling you, like that's that's really what it means. I mean, it's I don't not, disagree that there are people who it's a class it's thing. Not, just, it's not like I vehemently don't. Yeah, it's, and it's more of a honestly, like it's more of a moderate thing than like if you a progressive black person thing. 
but yeah, it, it, it definitely happens. I mean, it happens so, so frequently. Um, and so I definitely get that. I definitely get that. Because I, 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 like, I have to have those conversations all the time, like even within my family, friends, whatever, like all the time. It's like, oh, well, I'm sure this black police chief is doing their best and da 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 And it's like, nah, like these individuals are literally there to basically be the department's blackface. That is it. They are with all the stuff the white people is with. The only difference is they black. Now, I as a black person, they reconcile that. No idea. No idea. I mean, whether it's a bit of money, whether they just like, oh, my friends is white, whether whatever, whatever. But yeah, that's the reality of it. The same way, the same way it was black people that was reporting runaway slaves because you know, like, they was your privileges for doing so. I'm like, it's the same thing. The same thing. We, not, not even black people, but like any culture, demographic, it's always going to be people. It's always going to be people who we would assume alive with the community, based off of some shared commonality. Who don't? And that's typical, <laughs> like. So I, I, I'm, but do I think like getting rid of affirmative action will negate that? No, no, I don't. I don't think that. I mean, I think I think it is an interesting idea. Um, because I mean, I can definitely could see it like juxtaposition to being like, well, when it was all white, we had that energy, and now it's like unified energy. And I can see how you make the leap to be like affirmative action is that blocker for that energy. But like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it would have the of impact to outweigh some of the negatives that would come with that. Um, because like, like affirmative actions, like I realized is like because I was doing some research on it just like earlier as we was talking about, like that's the reason why I have like certain contracts that's like get like guaranteed um in government contracts and like that that results in like a lot of like economic boosts and stuff for black people in certain areas and like all of that would be gone. So I'm like, that's not that's not gonna have the impact since think it's gonna have. Um plus it doesn't it doesn't negate the fact that like education is the issue. I don't mean necessarily like college education, but just political education in general is the reason people aren't able to recognize or are less likely to recognize or go against a blackface or some type of white organization. That's the issue. And that's, that issue won't be removed when you put a blackface there. So, so, so yeah, I'm, I don't think that's the approach. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the reference. <laughs> yeah. Those, those are definitely good points. I wanted to like reference to the refer, refer to the book for a second. So. Yeah. <laughs> good point. Um, so just look with Obama. Yeah. Like, you know, we Everything. mentioned, you know, he comes from a privileged background, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he's a good Negro. Right. But, right. Yeah, he was already as far as his perfect drug use. This man is, he has admitted to being a stoner. You know that, right? Yeah. Admitted to marijuana, but not only marijuana, but cocaine as well, right? That's a white drug. Right. So, for him to, you know, openly admit, 
colloquially speaking, Usage. not well, maybe statistically. No, statistical, I think, yeah, for cocaine. I don't yeah. have the statistics in front of me, so I don't want to say that's true, but the image is that that is a drug that white people do more often. I don't want to be right, too yeah, cocaine and, and coke on this show. Well, crack for black people, yeah. So for him to openly like admit that during an ongoing war on drugs. Like you, you see you see where I'm going with that? And like to say if he got caught while he was younger, right? There would have been no Harvard Law School. There would have been no presidency. Hey, you might not even have been college at all. Because you know, once you're convicted of that felony, you can't get that financial aid. Oh yeah, right. But not only so, so there should have been some type of, and you know, he did. I think we also talked about this another time, where he did, you know, lower the ratio from crack and powder cocaine. This yeah, the sentencing ratio was a hundred. Yeah. It was a hundred to one uh, crack to cocaine for sentencing, so you get a hundred times the sentence for the same amount of uh, crack as cocaine. He lowered it from 100 to 1 to 17 to 1. Instead right. of one didn't even one. lower it all the way down. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. To <laughs> didn't, <laughs> didn't even lower it all the way down. But also, look about look at look at his cabinet. Look look who he came into presidency with, Joe Biden. Let's not ignore the role of the Senate and the House during the drug war. How they allowed all that legislation to run through. You know? They wrote it exactly. <laughs> uh, Joe Biden wrote the crime bill. Bill right. Clinton was about the three strikes. Right, right. Yeah, and, and the role of a president to have that that outlook on crime, that's how you get the white vote. You know what I'm saying? And, and with that, with Obama, although it might not have been so evident, he apparently, mm-hmm. before he ran, before he, he started his campaign, he was against the death penalty, right? And while he was on his you campaign, bro, you can't be against the death penalty. Well, but on his during his campaign, he became he became a supporter for the death penalty because he got to win. Mm. And on his like on his on his in his uh, on in his cabinet, the man that he chose for chief of staff in the White House was a major proponent of the drug war, of okay. the expansion of the drug war. Oh, Obama's and slashing of the war, huh? Obama's cabinet was terrible. Mm. Right. The man that he chose to lead the U.S. Department, the U.S. DOJ, is is a black former U.S. attorney for D.C. who sought to ratchet up the drug war in D.C. So just just like, why was he not more cognizant of his of his steps. Because I give a fuck. No, bro, he's a rich man first, black man second. I don't think you're understanding this. Obama is the one percenters that we'd be talking about. You know, the people with a lot of money that run mm-hmm. shit behind the scenes. He's right. one of those people. Right. He's a rich man first, a black man second. Right. Period. He runs shit and then he talks about his race when it's useful in front of the cameras. But other than that, like you just said, if we look at the things that he's done, the things he did while he had his two terms in office, if we look at those things specifically, we can see 
that his race didn't, mm-hmm. or at least the issues of his race, did not matter to him that much for right. him to make uh, certain 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 picks for positions in his cabinet. And even the issues of, you know, the average American didn't matter to him that much. Let's not forget Eric Holder, um, uh, the AG that you were just talking about. Uh, when he had the when he had mm-hmm. the chance to hold the banks, you know, the ones who caused the the financial collapse in uh, in '08, uh, when he had the chance to hold them accountable, he said, mm-hmm. "Oh, the banks are too big to fail, so we can't put any of them in jail. We can't fine any of them for the the mess that they caused. In fact, we'll give them money to make sure that they don't fail." Right? That was his AG's position. During the financial collapse, that's why all those banks they didn't get held accountable, and they just made more money, and they're still making money today. All those CEOs, yeah. So <laughs> he's a like like I said, he's rich first, bro. Mm-hmm. He, he's yeah. he's in the, he's oh, I, I don't know a lot of people like trying to think like you know like the drugs and stuff, like him doing cocaine and weed that brings him down, makes him human, makes him cool or whatever, right? Obama is the elite. He is an elite. Yeah. He has a degree from an elite school. He has a circle of elite friends. He's done. He's had elite positions in life, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He he he's he's made a lot of money. His wife is elite. She yep. makes tons of money on her own. She has elite friends. She went to an elite school. Has had elite positions. They are not the average American. Not to say that they can't be inspirational. Yeah. It's not to say that they can't you know provide hope for people in other positions. But they're not the average American in any way, shape, or form. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and you got to look at it from that lens. Everybody is defined by money first. Because it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. If you got money, you got money. No. Period. No. And, uh, and, 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 and no. the color of your skin might come in later, but the money is going to come in first. It's right. going to be, right. you know, so money can- first, color always. <clears throat> Do we agree that? Yeah, that's the presidency the, of Barack Obama um, finalized that this is a colorblind society. I mean, they're not being racism. They're no, being colorblind society. All society sees it, it, it's it's weird. Society is a as far as people mm-hmm. saying like America is not racist. We've had a black president. Oh wait, no, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's I've, colorblind. Yeah, that's being colorblind. Yeah, no, it's not being colorblind. It's, it's not being colorblind. To say that we've had... Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Does racism... Yeah. What you're, you're, you're saying it's colorblind because your definition of racism in that sense is that I would never let a black man be in a mm-hmm. position of power, even if it was convenient right. to me. Right? Yes. And your definition of racism does not go across the board, is what I'm saying. Exactly. Your definition of racism that only if I put a black person in charge of me, I must not be racist. It's stupid. That's just stupid. Right. Right. right? So you can you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Think about it. Uh, white people still go to black restaurants and eat the food they cook there. Right. right? Because they like the food. Right. They, 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 they don't go. Oh, I would never eat food. You know, that that that, that a Negro mm-hmm. made or that a Hispanic person made or whatever because they're Hispanic. Whatever. No, they like the food. They eat the food. Mm-hmm. Right. Because regardless, even in the position of president, white people will still feel like you serve me. I can put you in any position and you still serve me. It's not about, you know, well, now this guy was president. So that means everybody must have liked him enough to vote him president. Biden's president and everybody did not like him enough to want him to be president. They just didn't like the other guy more. 
that was it. Like there's a lot of reasons people vote for a president and you know, you, you could say, well, this, they'd never let be black, black man be president if they, you know, well, think about it like this. Can you imagine any degree of racism for which somebody <laughs> would allow someone to be in charge of them, but still hate them? I can yeah. easily. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. figured yeah. that's the same thing that happened here. And especially if you think about it like, like this, a lot of people who are racist do not believe they're racist. I just recently yes. watched yes. season 11 of um, episode one, season 11 of South Park, I believe it is, um, when Stan's dad um, says the N word on Wheel of Fortune. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, in the episode, when Stan's, when Stan's in the car driving home, or Stan is in the car and, and, his, and his dad's driving home, um, you know, his wife was like, Randy, why would you, you said the N word on national mm-hmm. television? And like Stan's just in his back, like holding his nose. He's right. just like, you know, pissed off. And then his dad goes, look, your dad thought he was going to win a lot of money by saying that word. Your dad is not a racist. <laughs> right? So said the N word on national television, but he doesn't believe he's racist because the only reason he said it was so that he could win money. That's that mindset of a lot of racists in America. I only did this racist thing because of X. I only called him, you know, no, no. the N word because he made me mad. I only called him the N word because we got into altercation. Or I only said boy because that's just the way I talk, right? They don't associate the acts of racism with them being racist. So you could easily have someone go, I don't remember the guy from from Get Out, right? Oh yeah, I voted for Obama both times. You know. Mm-hmm. But I steal the eyes of black men right. to implant them into white men. <laughs> You're right. Like right. you can that plays into the colorblind society though. Right. He doesn't consider his acts of racism rate uh, 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 indicative of him being a racist. So I wouldn't say it's a colorblind society. I would say mm-hmm. it's more like a society of people that refuse to accept what they're actions mean people who mm-hmm. separate themselves from the actions they do because in reality you are the person you are made up of the actions that you've done your your whole entire life you are a, a culmination of all the things that you've done and not mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. and for a lot of racists they say well um the things i do don't make me racist as long as i don't think i'm racist i'm mm-hmm. not racist right and so it's not about it's not about whether or not you think you're blind to color. It's not about whether or not you think the things that you do are or aren't racist. It's not whether or not you think that you hate black people. It's about what you do. And so in that sense, it's not color it's not a colorblind society. And I would add like okay. so, so, I, I would add like in terms of like even like like a colorblind society is not even something to strive for. Like like not being like not racist and colorblind is two different things. At the end of the day like a colorblind society is like yeah. a society where oh it's like we, there was just that recent report where they were like, oh, the um, what was it? The the heart rate monitors are less effective um, for black people. And it's like, oh, well, probably because they use the green laser. It's like a lot of the hand sensors, whether you like the automated um, hand dryers, like the automated like water things we use the bathroom. A lot of them didn't realize that, oh. When you put that green green laser on black people's skin, the the reflectivity rate is not the same. And that's what indicates whether or not something is there or something is not. 
So it doesn't work because it doesn't think something is there because of the pigment of our skin, which yeah. reflects green light differently. And it's like if y'all was really on some, oh, we don't we don't see we don't see skin, we don't see color, y'all would never think know. to be like, and that's exactly that's exactly why we're here right now. Y'all never thought, oh, we should there's more than just white skin that's this on. And that's and that's literally it's literally the same thing with facial recognition algorithms. It's the same thing with um uh, the the object detection algorithms and self-driving cars that are like 15% less likely to recognize a black pedestrian as a pedestrian. It's like all of those things are from people who quote unquote didn't see color. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like not <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In other words, not seeing color also equals not seeing issues that right, may yeah. exist. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, yeah, those are great mm-hmm. points. Like, I guess where I'm going, though, like, j- just like with context, yeah. is colorblind revolving around criminal justice. As in modern day legislation, it's colorblind, right? It's race neutral. It's been race neutral for years. Like, that's how they. No, it's not. Yes, it is race neutral. Like you're not. You, there's no explicit term language that. Re- oh, that, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah, and, and that's a see that's that that's a good point. Like you said, yes, no, it's not. Like because well, it impacts us. It's, like it's we race, have issues. Yeah, race neutral in rhetoric, but not in impact. Yes, exactly. Rhetoric. Exactly. Bro. Exactly. 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 And and as a president, like I was, as I was saying, like as a president. You know, since Nixon, every single president has had such a big, you know, their whole campaign has revolved around crime. Decreasing crime, no matter what, we're going to triple down on crime. We're going to have a three strikes law. You know, we're going to crack down on the Black Panthers. We're going to crack down on Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X. And for... It's always something in in the campaign, and just for him not to, you know, as as we said, he's elite, and you know, having that, you you would expect some some type of racial consciousness, right, from Obama. No, you would expect it. Yes, you would expect it for him not to not have that approach to to have a different approach. You would expect to push as much. stuff yeah. back. I don't know, to have a progressive approach. Yeah, you would expect as much. For for race. Right. For him not to act no, on Yeah, that's, that's that's basically what we've been saying. That's basically what we've been talking about. Like, yeah, it's right. not. It's not it's all, all uniform. brothers and brothers. And I always just say, like, I always just tell people like it's not like, oh, it's just because black people are not unified. Nobody is. Nobody. No race, no demographic, no, nobody is uniform in anything. So it's to be expected. It's typical human behavior. 